This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So what can you do with a house full of grandma's things? Where can you go to find that perfect retro dining set? Well, maybe you need to learn about auctions. So this morning, we're happy to have Dwight Stevens from Stevens Auction House on the line with us to answer questions about this method of shopping and selling. And our expert hosts are always ready to take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy. Hope you're doing well. What uh, financial news is on your mind this week? Good morning. Uh, Well, it's almost this feeling of a split screen, Kevin. Yesterday, markets dropped down considerably. Of course, we're bouncing back this morning. But that's over concern about uh, the COVID surging again. And our worry is that will cause people to be nervous, concerned, pull back on their spending. We're watching that. At the same time this morning, I watched this billionaire lift off into space. Um, So it's just this odd... Um, which which you know, billionaire two, went to space today? Which, which billionaire today? <laughs> it was Bezos today. Yeah, Ryder, there's more than one billionaire aiming for space. It seems to be the story of two Americas right now. Um, and we're just kind of seeing which way we go. Um, I thought it was interesting, or the story I heard was that, you know, it was a gazillion dollars per ticket to go. And then the one guy bought his ticket and then realized he had a conflict or something. So it's like, geez, how about checking your calendar there before you <laughs> lay out that kind of cash? <laughs> Maybe he just got nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think I would be, too. That's This is certainly not, you know, your average everyday flight or whatever. Did, did they have like a like an, an on-call list where, where like someone got someone got got bumped up to that they just they just bought like a normal ticket from like Jackson to Chicago and they ended up oh no actually we you got bumped into the space today sir we're going to upgrade you to way first class <laughs> uh morning rider what about uh, financial news on your mind uh, yes, so I, I too was looking at the uh, markets in turmoil yesterday. They were down uh, just a staggering about one to one and a half percent off of all time highs. Uh, so always good to have a little context there. But um, one thing, the kind of economic news that was coming out today, something we've talked about a lot: housing starts were up, up quite a bit, a little more than expected, and, but permits were down, and they're down quite a bit. And normally, these things go pretty much hand in hand. You got to get a permit a little bit before you start a house, so those lead, you know, marginally. I don't know that there's a whole lot to read into this. Uh, the permits surged a lot towards the end of the last year, uh, in the beginning of this year. But with housing uh, materials, building materials, lumber and labor in short supply, it kind of made it a little harder. So I think I think this is really just a case of the building starts, the housing starts just catching up. Of course, you can't count as a start until you start building. So I'm not sure if there's too much to read into this, but it is a good thing to look just to see if one of them starts trending down strongly, we might be worried about the other. And the real surprise is that mortgage rates have declined. 
lately. And normally we think of as the economy starts to take off and we have growth, that those interest rates rise. Um, but we have seen them bump back down below 3% for a 30-year mortgage. I was telling uh, Ryder before we came on the air, I had an interesting experience and in um, um, uh, an encounter with the Florida Department of Transportation. And I think uh, frequent listeners of the show know that I enjoy going to the beach in Florida and have gone the last couple, of, uh, once in June and once in July. Well, I got an invoice for the bridge, the toll, uh, because Florida uh -oh. has gone to no toll workers at the toll booths at all. It's automated, and they just take a picture of your license plate. Well, I didn't think I had to worry about that because I have the Sun Pass, which is, you know, you pay money, and it, it's, uh, it gets you through the tolls. Well, apparently, they're, the transponder's not working anymore or whatever because I had failed to link my license plate to my SunPass account, and so they sent me the invoice. I got it all straightened Busted. out. Well, <laughs> but uh, what's interesting is, A, you have no choice. You cannot pay money. You just drive through, and they take a picture of your driver's license. For $2, which is two, two trips through the toll bridge, they were charging me $4.50. So this, to me, seems like a good moneymaker uh, for the Florida Department of Transportation because that's, that's kind of a hefty service fee, I think, for $2, for $2 of, of tolls. But uh, fortunately, they won't get me anymore because, like I said, I've got the, the Sun Pass. So just thought that was uh, somewhat interesting. And, you know, uh, just if you, if you go to Florida uh, and go through a toll, be prepared to get a bill from the state of Florida a week or so uh, after you get back. So... Uh, we are excited to have Dwight Stevens this morning from Stevens Auction House on the show. He's going to answer questions about auctions. Uh, Dwight, welcome to Money Talks. If you would, tell us a little bit about how you became involved with auctions. Hey there. Good morning. Uh, well, I, I'm like everyone else. I started going to the auctions because I thought I could get a bargain, and uh, there are bargains at an auction. Uh, I uh, was buying things from my house, and then first thing you know, I was hooked. I started going to more and more auctions, and and then I opened an antique shop, and and I was buying things for that, and and so I was seeing that thing was getting out of hand. So I went to auction school, Missouri auction school. It's a week long auction school, and came back, sold my antique shop. And it's been going on. That was over 40 years ago. So wow. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a buyer uh, all the time too. Still am, still love antiques and great buys. It right now, uh, people going to auctions, and uh, I think things are this COVID thing. When it's over, you'll see some really high prices. And then the people, you know, when someone dies. And uh, you wonder how to liquidate all those beautiful things, uh, call an auctioneer. And you can research those. Uh, you can now we have what's called auction zip. And you can go to auction zip. You can see in every state you could, they have a listing of all auctions and then do a little research. And the ones that's doing the most business are usually the ones that are more professional and and are doing a good job. I mean, we've we've been in business now over 40 years, and and we handle big estates not only in Mississippi but in Alabama and Tennessee. We have one now that we picked up in Madison, Indiana, and mm -hmm. we'll be holding that auction on the 31st of August. So this stuff comes from everywhere, and it's 
Uh, we're online. Uh, we have, uh, you can bid um, online at, live at the auction, you know, on auction day, uh, simulcast. And, uh, and then you can buy, look at everything comes up and there are pictures of it on live auctioneers where people can look and preview and see all kinds of the dimensions and see all kinds of things and and then they bid live as it comes up maybe maybe they aren't interested in one thing and it's and it's in numerical order and it's number 200 so they may have other things to do that day and but they will check periodically and they'll come back when lot 200 comes up and they'll get on their computer, bid, buy it, and then that's all they want. So, so you do you do also you do auctions just the kind of live auctions, all the stuff is in one building, folks are gather around to bid on them and you do kind of the estate sale type auctions and online is that what what all kinds of auctions are there? What form I guess formats for holding an auction? Well, we we basically antiques. We do estates and do high-end antiques. But now, my 40 years, I've sold everything. I've sold factories. I've sold airplanes. You know, I've sold everything uh, over the years. But antiques are things that we like and things we're known for, and people come to us far and wide. They know us and know that we, you know, we're honest and we we do a good job with it. We're professional, so they call on us and and uh, we we bring all these to one place. But we're not just online. Mm-hmm. We are open to the public. They Correct. can come into our auction gallery. We have as many as a hundred to two fifty, two hundred fifty people in attendance uh, in our auction house. And then they can come in the day before and preview all this, or they can call ahead of time. We'll answer any questions. They can send us emails. They can email us, and, and then we'll answer those questions. And then on live auctioneers, people online ready mm-hmm. to bid when we open that auction up. Sometimes there's many 700 people mm-hmm. waiting oh, wow. for that first item to sell. So the world has changed, and we've mm-hmm. tried to change with it, and uh, that's that's what keeps keeps us going. I mean, even in these difficult times we've had, we've we've not slowed down. Only one auction we had to go online only, but mm-hmm. the rest of them we have managed to uh, be careful, and and uh, we just keep keep going. So, Dwight, you mentioned um, auctioneer school. Um, you know, I think a lot of us, when we think of auctioneers, think of the pattern, the you know, the delivery, the the cadence that that auctioneers use during the auction. Is is that something they taught you at school, or is it something you develop on your own, or maybe they kind of seed you and then you develop your own auctioning style? Yeah, you you they just all they do is teach you the principles and then try to help you, you know, work on that chant. But you have to do that yourself, and you learn this business by doing it, and it's strictly on the job. So Mississippi is going to where you have to train under someone else, even after your license, as does Tennessee and Alabama. And so uh, learning on the job is, is really crucial. So know. it's uh, like an apprenticeship when you first get your apprenticeship. license. Apprenticeship, that's exactly right. 
If you have a question for our experts, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We are talking about auctions this morning. Do you like watching auction reality shows on TV? We'll have one suggestion for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen to on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're here today with our guest Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. Uh, if you're interested in watching a reality TV auction, consider finding Storage Wars. It's now in its 13th season. Past shows include Cash in the Attic. It's an interesting show. I watch it every every now and then, but it uh, gives you a little bit of, I think, uh, behind the scenes about how an auction works. Um, now, we have a phone call on the line. In the first part of the show, we talked about Steve Bezos, and I think Marilyn has a story for us. Marilyn, you're on the air with us. Go Hello. ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, well... I'll be excited about Stephen ba- uh, ba- Bezos going to the, into outer space when when he and other billionaires pay their taxes. That's all I got to say. Uh, that's, right. that's certainly a fair point. We appreciate your call this morning. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, we're visiting with Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. Yeah, and, and what I find really interesting about this show, it, this this particular topic, is that 
we're usually talking about the stock market, but the market has auctions. It is kind of a continuous auction, except there are both buyers and sellers. The stock market is a place where buyers and sellers meet. But there's a lot of similarities here. And I was just wondering, Dwight, if you could kind of walk us through conceptually some of these things. You know, an, an auction is bringing a lot of buyers there. So what are what are the benefits to someone selling through an auction? And, and how does that change just, for instance, selling something in a store? How is that different? How are those two things different for, for everyone involved? Well, we advertise. We have a lot of places. We know how to get in touch with the people that are buying. We're constantly hunting those new buyers. Mm-hmm. And then we, we do the marketing. We do. Uh, we have our own base, and we have, you know, six or 7,000 people that we sell to constantly all over the United States and even countries in Europe. And live auctioneers is the way we we contact most of those people. And uh, you and I, as opposed to putting it in a store, you just have a lot more buyers. And uh, your things are going to be seen more. The, the pictures and all go up on our web our website, StephensAuction.com. Uh, there sometimes there'll be as many as three and four thousand pictures for an auction taking several pictures of each item and uh, it's just getting it out there there may be fewer buyers than they were back years ago yeah. but uh, you just have to uh, use ploys and, and different things to find those buyers and, and to pull them in and there are a lot of interested people and and people know that antiques or the real thing, and you go yeah. now to a new furniture store, you buy a reproduction of an old piece. So why not Why not just buy it? It has a better value, and it's usually when you buy it and you can keep it and use it all those years, and then you can sell it, and it'll bring as much or more new furniture. You buy it, it wears out, you set it out <laughs> on the curb. That that's a topic we like to cover the the value of the things you buy. I, I think you have a really interesting viewpoint as the auctioneer, as the person in front of these crowds. Do you ever notice how the participants change the 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 buying action? Do do bigger crowds work better? Is it? Do you notice just some crowds are in a good mood and they're bidding higher, or do you ever notice if there there's a Maybe a well-known antiques buyer walks into the room. Does that change the price action? Does that change the the spirit of the auction any? It does. Big crowds always cause excitement. And then lots of people bidding causes people to say, well, I'm going to have to pay more today. So they just do. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just, it does. It, everything affects it. Psychological, a lot of the buying there is, is impulse buying, and um, they think one more bid, you know, we'll get it, and they just keep keep bidding, and then they get in bid wars. They get with each other. They look at each other and <laughs> bidding. It becomes personal, and so that's always good for the auctioneer. But there have been times, <laughs> there have been times that I saw that they were bidding on something. They got it up to like $1,700 for a porcelain rooster. And I told them, I said, both of you are friends of mine. And I said, that's too much. 
I back it up. So I backed it up to $300, and it brought 2500 So it just came went right back. Wow. This well, is- I have a question about um, if I have something I want to sell, and if I go through somebody like you, how does that work? Do you buy items outright and turn around and then offer them for auction? Or do you just take it basically on a whatever it sells for, you get a piece of the action? Well, it used to. I, I did a lot of, you know, buying and going. But now the demand is so great and they bring it to me. We may have to go pick up whole households like the house in Madison, Indiana, we're doing next. It was 10,000 square foot, big mansion, wow. on a big rocky cliff overlooking the Ohio River. And we're, we're selling all those things for elderly couple. And uh, we're advertising, we're getting all that stuff uh, advertising out now, and it's closing in, and it's, uh, it's, it's just a way to do it. I mean, you know, we've tried everything over 40 years, and the way we're doing it now seems to be the most effective. And people get in touch with us, and uh, I, I do still buy some things, but usually I'd rather just sell whole households of things or collections, big collections. And um, they, they, the prices are, are starting to, you know, go, come back up some, and, and uh, it's still great value at an auction. What, rather, what about rather um, just, you know, people who don't have a 10,000-square-foot house full of furniture, um, but on a smaller scale, uh, if you have parents that have passed away, items you need to get rid of, is there a way to make sure that whoever you're dealing with is a reputable person? Yes. Um, you could, you can uh, you can do the checking yourself. Uh, you can go online and you can check them. You can Google them. And uh, Live Auctioneers keeps a, a record. People are allowed to go to Live Auctioneers and to leave comments about them. Uh, I invite you to go and check out our uh, comments. We have five-star uh, comments that people have made, quite a few, as a matter of fact, because we do try our best. There's no saying you can't please everybody, but we try, and then we we try our best, and 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 that's how yeah, they keep record of it on live auctioneers, and probably the ones that you don't want to, the ones that the comments will be there and uh, so you can you can check out auction if you're looking for an auctioneer uh you just check out the other people that have used them and that's that's the best way this is money talks on mpb think radio look was like we have a caller on the line so let's say good morning to mike in natchez mike you're on the air go ahead Thank you. Uh, this is a fascinating discussion. Uh, it has my total attention. I have a request and a question. And the question is, what is the highest item you've ever auctioned off, money-wise? Sounds like that porcelain rooster might be one of them. <laughs> well, no, I, I think you would have to get into the art world oh. because uh, there, uh. Are, there are pieces of art, you know, that have sold for $300 million wow. and such. Right, right. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about you said you sold a factory? Did I hear you say that? 
Yeah, we sold a furniture, uh, nostalgia furniture oh. company, and they oh, had company. Uh, company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we wow. sold all of their merchandise, and it took us three days nonstop. Wow. wow. Okay, are you ready for ready for my request? When when the host was asking you if you were trained to be an auctioneer in the chatter that you all use, can you demonstrate some of that on the air for us? <laughs> <laughs> if you, 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 you can you can just decline the, that request. <laughs> my feelings will not get hurt. <laughs> Thanks for the yeah. call, Mike. I was afraid to ask that myself, but I, I was kind of hoping he might do that, too. D Dwight, would you do that for us? That's all. Very good. Wow. Yeah. Great, great show. Thank you very much. That's, that's what we all came here, folks. Shut it down. We can go home now. Thank you. All right, Mike. Uh, good to hear from you from uh, Matches this morning. We're visiting on Money Talks with Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. Uh, Dwight, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, from the, um, the seller's viewpoint that it's, uh, you know, a group of interested people there. So that's, you know, better than maybe putting it up on Facebook or uh, eBay, those sorts of things, that there's a, you know, an audience that's interested in the items that you have to sell. What about from the buyer's perspective? Do you tend to able to get good bargains if you're a savvy auction uh, buyer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's always bargains. I can go to other big auction houses around. I, I just go sometimes just for entertainment, but I always wind up buying things and, and you know, get good buyers. If you just sit there, be patient, watch, and and buy things, you know, that, that you could take home and things that you'd like to have. And um, and if you wait to the end of an auction, there's always bargains because a lot of the other people have spent all their money. You know, they, they, they cannot <laughs> buy any more, and there are good things. We put really good things at the end of our auctions, too. And so those people that have stayed all day, we make sure they get a prize. Oh, that's you know, so interesting. So how yeah. do you how do you think about that? When you said you might have hundreds of items to sell and, and they just have to be sold in some order, how do you think about that? How do you decide what goes first, what goes last, how to, how to spice it up every 15 minutes? They're usually most of those things that are in that first two hours are our best things. Mm -hmm. And so those things go first, and they, for the for our client, they'll be getting the most the money this for the day, you know. But uh, lots of times we have so much that it just runs constantly all the way to the end, and so the way this next auction will be. It's all good stuff, but we we figure out, and I'm the one that does that, and I select what goes first, and then that the heat of an auction is usually about an hour to two and a half hours into the auction. That's that's the strongest part. That's when we put the best items in, the ones that bring the most money. And uh, But it doesn't say that what happens after that are not good items, too. It's just that we just try to get the, the, key, the key items sold at the prime time. We're discussing auctions with Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. You might know the price of a hammer, but do you know what a hammer price is? We've got that for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. I'm Jen White with NPR. If you're fortunate enough to have collected a few classic cars over the years, here's a thought. Give them a new life by donating one or more to support this station. They'll be matched with interested buyers, collectors just like you who know a great car when they see one. You free up some space in the garage, the classic car gets a new home, and proceeds support this station. It's a win-win. Thanks in advance. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're learning about auctions this morning with our guest Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. The hammer price is the price established by the last bidder and acknowledged by the auctioneer before dropping the hammer or gavel. And I guess uh, we would say going once, going twice, going three times, sold to... So, sold to Kevin. <laughs> Dwight, I don't think I'm ever <laughs> going to challenge you for your, your auctioneering skills. But uh, one thing that I wanted to ask about before we get to the phone lines, um, how does the bidder signal that they want to bid? I know I, I was talking to Ryder while we were in the break there, and a lot of times in a comedy or whatever, you see a movie or something, and someone's in an auction, and they make some sort of gesture that's mistaken as a bid. How does, as an auctioneer, how do you know to recognize you know, the bids and where they're coming from, and how does a bidder signal that they're making a bid? Well, if you miss them, you know they are, they get a little more bold when they, <laughs> they raise their hand. So they they usually get to you know if they're interested. I have had a lady that she was she she kept bidding and I was I was taking her bid and then finally she she stood up and said, "Do you have my bid?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am." And so <laughs> from then on, I'd, I'd start out and she'd bid, and I'd say, "Now I know you're bidding." You just let them know. Work out a thing with your regular customers. But people, they they do all kinds of bidding. They little bitty wave. Some raise their hands straight up. Um, we I, over the years, I, I pretty well I can tell if they just look at their eyes and know they want to bid. And um, but this that's never a problem of hmm. getting the bid in. We go back to the phone lines, beginning with Jim in Jackson. Good morning, Jim. You're on the air with us. Good morning. I'm a novice auction attender, and the issue I have with auctions is I'm not able to clearly uh, discern from the auctioneer's chatter what the current bid is and what the expected bid is and whether my bid is the current high bid. Is there a, a way that I can listen more carefully, or what tips do you have for discerning that? Well, I, I make sure, that, I mean, I slow down. I make sure that the people know what, where the bid is. And trying to be fancy with the chant and all is, is not important. The important thing is, is 
keep, uh, is moving the bid and to make sure that, that all the people know where the bid is, what I'm asking, what's the next bid. Uh, we're not there to trick anybody. We, we're there. We, we want to move along as fast as possible, but yet we want them to, we want them to go along with us, you know, and, and know where the bid is. And then they have a full understanding, and then we don't have the misunderstanding after, after it's sold. So we don't, we don't try to trick them at all. I mean, we want them to know. We want to be very clear of what the bid is and what the next increment would be to raise the bid. Uh, so Dwight, maybe, uh, go ahead, Jim. Maybe it's because I've been to cattle barn auctions, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not clear to me at those auctions what the bid is. I wondered if there could be some type of electronic display in this, in this day and age that would clearly show what the current bid is. At our auctions, we have a big tote board up there, and it shows, it has a picture of the item being sold. It shows you where the bid is coming from. If it's on live auctioneers or proxy bid or wherever it's coming from, it shows you on this big board. It's a big eight-by-eight eight screen, and it's PowerPoint, and it's telling you. So you, you can see the bid as well, and you can see also where it's coming from. You know, at our in-house auctions, if you're bidding online, it does the same thing with live auctioneers. On your uh, on your mobile device or on your computer at home, it has a screen and it's showing you where the bid's coming from and what the next bid is. That's very that's very encouraging. I want to go to one of your auctions then because I think that's very clear. All right. At a at a cattle auction, I can't understand the meter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. Uh, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, so, Dwight, that's an interesting question. Do you, based on your experience and uh, as an auctioneer, you kind of can anticipate maybe what a, a final bid would be, and so you you move it up in increments. I mean, how do you decide what to suggest is the next bid? I guess. Well, you know, we as we put these things in and put them online, we do estimates. The 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 low and the high, the expected range in there. So we put it in. So we try to get that low to try to get someone to start it off. A lot of times with live auctioneers, they've already bid. They've already run their bid, and it'll open. I sold a big uh, plaque. A uh, big Chinese plaque, antique Chinese plaque, and I was trying to get the bid to open at ten thousand. But when live auctioneers ran, it turned it loose, and they'd already ran to all their customers. The guy operating it turned around and told me, he "said you have forty-two thousand." I said, "What?" Then he said, "No, wait." And he said, "It's forty-six thousand." Then it just kept going. And so we watched. We just sat and watched the tote board. And it went up to sixty thousand. Then we had phone bids out of New York, and they raised it on, and it wound up bringing eighty-two thousand. Wow! Wow! So, to, so, so to a gentleman in China. Wow! So Dwight, how do you, you know, if you you are estimating values before you go into this auction, how do you verify the values of this wide array of things? Uh, array of things. Do you have experts you call in? Well, you know, 
I have to learn something, you know, over 42 years. I've sold at just about everything, and I watch auctions all the time. I mean, like in New Orleans and even New York or auctions, I'm watching. Uh, I try to stay current with it. And uh, I set those, and if I have a question, I usually have a couple of people I call, you know, in New York or wherever, and tell them to look at it and what do they think about it. And, and so we, we, get, we have a pretty good, um, pretty good idea of what it's going to bring. And but we, are, we are always pleasantly surprised about some things and disappointed also. But uh, our job is just to try to get it in the, in the ballpark. You know, let them know what we think about it. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Dwight Stevens from the Stevens Auction House. Next up on the line, it's our friend Mikey in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're going to give me some answers to some questions that I've had for a while. Um, uh, my mom, <laughs> my mom loved auctions, and I was fortunate enough that she took me with her. Um, she's been gone for quite a while, um, well, too long for me anyway. Um, and uh, my question is, if you have tags, like, you know, manila tags that you that indicate what you bought, when you bought it, where you bought it, and who, from whom you bought it, um, because this was, there were not electronic things at those places at that time. Um, uh, does that does that help? About the price. What are you saying? Their receipts. Is that what you're calling tags? Are they receipts of where they bought it? I guess that's what the auctioneer says. And the other question is, um, at this particular auction, the, the last one that I was able to attend with her, I remember um, the lady at the desk was, um, uh, as the bidding was going, proceeding, um, on, yeah, uh, but uh, she kept saying, yep, yep, yep. And uh, when I turned around to her, she said, you know, to, to you know, to verify things. She said, "Well, I was yep. What'd you bid? Keep bidding for? I was yep in your bid." Well, I said, "Well, I didn't know that you were able to yep." Is that still happening, or is it different now? Well, uh, I'm sure things like that still happen, but uh, you know, now in the, in the auctions of today. We have we have still have ring men, you know, that call out bids as they see them and all. But the tote board is right there in front of the crowd, and the people at home are seeing the same thing. So they all they're doing at home is just hitting a key, just but just bidding each time, which raises the increment, and then it shows up on my board right in front of me on my screen. And so that's how that's how it's done now. Now, my, my, back to my original question, does that mean that, that your original piece of, you know, it's a, it's a tag, like, you know, was put on, um, I don't know, all sorts of things, um, uh, suitcases even, you know, in the back in the long, long ago days. Um, is that more verifiable or not? I'm not sure, Mikey, well, we understand what you're saying about the tag. It's a, it's a mail tag is what it was called at the time that I, you know, that I made the purchases. 
So it had the information about the item that you purchased and you're wanting to make sure that's a verifiable? There, there are numerous items. So you know the price that it was purchased at and you know when and where it was purchased? And from whom is what they told me. And the question right. is whether that's verifiable information? Well, we have uh, we have a little code, uh, a tag on all items, and it has a code. And from that code, it might be two or three years later, we go back, and all we need is that five numbers. And that tells us when it sold, in which auction it sold, how much it brought, and who bought it. I mean, years later in our warehouses, if they didn't pick it up or whatever. but. If, you know, that, if that helps in her answer. All right. Mikey, thanks for your call. Always good to hear from you. We're talking about auctions. Where can you read up about auctions and find one near you? We'll have some information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. The first question that we get when someone comes in is, how is the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Mississippi? Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We have every letter Grant ever wrote and every letter ever written to him. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. We're glad you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lockridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Remember, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., immediately following our show, you can listen live to In Legal Terms right here on MPB Think Radio. We're learning about auctions today with our guest, Dwight Stevens of the Stevens Auction House. The website, MississippiAuctioneers.org, has a list of auctions near you if you're interested. Now, Ryder, during the break, you were telling me you've got a little bit of a connection to Dwight. Yes, so I was reminded as we were talking to Dwight, uh, to Dwight that my grandmother was something of a collector of antiques. In She lived in uh, North uh, northeast Mississippi, and and she through the years bought many antiques at auction, and I believe probably bought some from you, Dwight, uh, and then her estate sale several years ago was again uh, done by you. I actually, my mother sent me a picture of you running that auction. Uh, and and for the for our listening audience, yes, he does look like a real auctioneer. This is this is this is this is the real deal we've got here. So I was kind of wondering because you've mentioned you've mentioned repeat customers you've mentioned that you have folks who you you know are going to be interested in a specific auction what is it like as someone who is both a 
collector, a buyer, and a seller of of antiques, of of, of auctioned products. What is what is that experience like for them? What benefit do they have from working with one auction house, working with multiple auction houses, buying and selling in different auctions? What what is that like? Well, we, people that buy it from me, they, they lots of times they buy it on impulse, take it home, and mm-hmm. then they later something else comes up in the auction, and they ask if if I buy that, will you deliver it and pick up that item that I bought and sell it? <laughs> so, so we upgrade, we upgrade people, and I don't know how many people we've done that for because they start out they don't really have a a particular taste in anything. They just buy it because they, they think it's a bargain. But later on, they they really get to be avid collectors, and they become a little bit picky, you know, with what they want. So we sell the things that they bought earlier, and their taste totally changes, and they, they wind up having a beautiful collection before yeah. it's over. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. And and one other thing, because it was an estate sale I've been thinking about recently, uh, helping some folks with, do you do things like pre-estate auctions where someone is not, not necessarily died, maybe they're doing a very serious downsizing, maybe moving to nursing care, assisted living, and they and they can't live in their house anymore. They can't live with all their beautiful antiques, but they want to go ahead and start that process of, of, of slimming things down. Is that any different from other auctions you might handle? We do that all the time. Uh, you know, when people are downsizing, especially a lot of these people that have bought so much from me through the years, I, I feel obligated. You know, I, mm. and I and I and I've done several, even over the past year. And they were old customers of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, now they uh, are downsizing and moving in that small place, and and they're selling their selling their antiques, and. Um, they they keep their precious things, the ones the things they love the most. They keeping those and then selling all the rest. And so it's a it's a, it's a, what we do. I mean, it, we deal mm-hmm. with people, and uh, yeah. And we, we although you know we say we sell antiques, we're actually dealing with the people more because they're the ones that are attached to these things. And believe me, they do get attached to them. <laughs> no, that is true. So, Dwight, you've mentioned that folks can bid online or in person. Are you seeing a trend uh, one way or the other? And also, do you think there is an advantage to one way or the other? I, I always like people to be there in person because they they look at it and they decide they want it. They bid on it. They pay for it. They take it with them. It's out of our life. Mm. People that buy online, uh, it usually takes them a while to pay for it. I mean, they have two weeks or something like that, but we have to collect all that. Then we have to make arrangements for them to pick up mm. and such. So preferably for us, it would be the people in the, in the crowd. But the trend is going to live live auctioneers. It's going to that and, and uh, online because they can free up their time at, on that Saturday. They can do other things and, and bid on their mobile phone. I mean, you know, they can they can um, go about and do other things and buy that one thing that they wanted. So more and more people are going to online bidding. And uh, 
But it's, that's just a trend. I mean, and I think it will stay that way. We've got uh, about two minutes left. If we could maybe wrap up, what would be some tips that you would give to uh, people who may be new to auctions and are wanting to get in and, and do some bidding? Well, I would suggest to them uh, to go to attend an auction, mm-hmm. attend an auction or two, and, and maybe if they don't buy it, you know, to go and look and, and see the prices of things and, and sort of make up their mind what they want to buy. And... Uh, and come early and look at the item. Don't just walk in the room and see something and bid on it. You need to inspect it, uh, make sure it doesn't have defects, uh, you know, make up their mind if, if they buy this to take home, where they're going to put it at home. Mm-hmm. Make sure they have, you know, it's not going to cause a financial burden on them. But they just, they should think it all out before they do. And I think going and looking first is, is always a key idea. And I think you earlier mentioned try not to get involved in a bidding war because I'm sure it's really exciting once things get going. So when you're bidding, you got to keep your head on, I guess. Yes, keep your head on. And then don't buy things that you can't afford, first of all. And uh, and when you walk in the room, don't be real shy. Afraid you're not going to be able to uh, bid on something. And just let us know that you want to bid. Don't get in the bidding wars. And... Um, and uh, understand that when you read a uh, sign that says all items sell as is, mm-hmm. that means you should have looked at them. And it's when, the, when it says so, you own it if it's selling as it is. And when you're going to an auction that says absolute auction, that means that everything is going to sell, absolute, absolutely going to sell. And uh, so you might want to go to those over um, auctions that are just consignment auctions. Uh, It doesn't say absolute. That means that there is probably a reserve Mm -hmm. on it. So if you go to absolute auctions, you know that the price you bid is the price. All right, Dwight, that's going to wrap us up. Fascinating discussion this morning. Thanks for joining us. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Our call screener was Java Chapman. Our producer is Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taff, and our guest Dwight Stevens, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.